1: Welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Monday, October 18th, and that means the NBA season is very nearly here. And today we're going to be looking ahead to some of the key fantasy storylines to follow early on this upcoming week as we welcome in everyone listening on the podcast and watching live on YouTube. I'm joined by Steve Alexander. Steve, first of all, how are you? We've made it to another season, our 85th together. This is exciting.
2: It it feels like it's about 85. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, we're here. It's time. Uh, you and I are coming up, coming off of a, a late Braves evening. Yes. Uh, that was just fantastic. Yes, I,
1: I vaguely remember it. It was exhausting. An exhausting couple days yeah. for Braves fans. And that's why people tune in here is for our Braves analysis mainly, I think.
2: Absolutely. Okay, a
1: quick programming note. And you may have heard this already if you were listening last week, but we are now on a five-day-per-week schedule here. We've got... Episodes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, Steve. I'll be hosting the Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes, you will be hosting Thursday, and our very own Ryan Knauss will be hosting the Tuesday program.
2: That's the plan. That's 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 what we're rolling with.
1: That's the plan. <laughs> you say that's the plan as though there's a chance it could still fall through. You're like, that. that's what we're aiming for. But I think it's going to happen, Steve. I really do.
2: Well, I mean it's scheduled to happen. I I am pretty sure it's got, it's going to go down that way. So, we'll see, we'll see how I do Thursday. Uh as a rookie rookie host, it it'll be it'll, it'll be fun.
1: Yeah, I'll be I'll be watching on the YouTube stream just a just a a fly on the wall. <laughs> just
2: waiting for me to spill a drink on my keyboard.
1: All right, let's let's hit some storylines. We have a handful of these, both big and big picture and small picture, I'd say, to hit uh, as we ramp up toward the start of the season. If you're listening to this on Monday, we're obviously on the eve of the season. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, it's the day of the start of the season. So let's go first to Philly for an update on the Ben Simmons situation. He has been practicing with the team, but his status continues to sound rather murky. Steve, this first. Quote is via Noah Levick of NBC Sports Philadelphia, and this is a Doc Rivers quote, who says, when asked if Simmons would play Wednesday, I don't know yet. I'm going to wait and see. Conditioning, I would say just watching him, I thought he was in decent shape. Still not obviously game shape. Right now, I'm just trying to get him back comfortable and integrated. Meanwhile, The Athletic's Sam Amick writes, a source close to Simmons said late last week that the intent is for him to play, but the factors leading to that actually happening, remain a mystery. So, Steve, this is just tremendously strange at this point. What are your initial reactions to hearing those quotes?
2: Well, I I think if you drafted Tyrese Maxey in your fantasy league, you just just hang on to him until we find out what happens here. If you drafted Ben Simmons, I don't think you put him in your lineup until you know what is going on, especially if he's not in game shape and... (laughs) Let's, let's say that his, his shot, uh, let, let's say he hasn't been working on his shot that much. Um, it was already broken. So I, I, I think there's a decent chance Simmons could do more harm than good to your lineup right now. I think you just keep him on the bench until you see him do something that you like. And then, then you think about getting him in your lineup. But I don't think, I don't think you automatically just start Ben Simmons this week.
1: Well, and I mean, the worst case scenario here, obviously, is that Simmons starts playing for the team. He's playing that kind of semi diminished role that we saw under Doc Rivers, where his numbers, you know, had taken a hit from the previous year. And at the same time, he's crushing Tyrese Maxey's value. That obviously is the nightmare scenario for kind of everyone involved here. And uh I think yeah, if you you drafted Maxi, obviously you're a lot less stressed out in a sense because you didn't invest a higher draft pick and hopefully if you drafted Simmons it wasn't too high of a draft pick cuz it doesn't sound like you're going to get any return on that investment anytime that soon. So, what a nightmare. I mean, I'm just I just haven't been in, I haven't been drafting Simmons anywhere and this is the reason why, but for those who did, I mean, I don't know. I guess it could be worse. He's not at home,
2: you know. I mean, I didn't think we'd be where we are. I didn't think he'd be back ever with the Sixers again. And and technically he's still not because they don't know when he's going to play. And then you got to think about all the stuff that happened over the summer. There was a lot of damage done. There was a lot of hurt feelings. Right. You know, I, I the fans are going to be on him. The Philadelphia fans, as far as I can tell, don't even really care that he's there. They don't. I feel like they don't really want him there. And you have to think some of his teammates may feel the same the same way. So I, I mean, I don't know. I did not invest in any Ben Simmons either, and I'm kind of glad that I didn't. But you know, if he does come back and and starts playing with the Sixers, uh, who knows? Maybe maybe things will go well. I we just don't know. We just don't know where this ship is headed right now.
1: Blind prediction: one month from now, middle of November, is Ben Simmons playing for the Sixers and putting up decently productive box scores?
2: Uh, bold take is I am going to say he's traded within a month.
1: Okay. I think he's playing for the Sixers a month from now, and I think after waiting it out, you're kind of getting, what was he, like a top 100 guy in fantasy last year? I feel like you've got a shot at that. I don't know that you have an upside at that early round Ben Simmons we used to see, but I think – There's a chance all of a sudden when we look up a month from now he's playing for the Sixers. We'll see how those predictions age, Steve.
2: Yeah. Anything is possible at this point.
1: Okay. Speaking of uh, anything is possible, uh, we go now to the Brooklyn Nets where Adrian Wojnarowski said on a recent podcast that the Nets are preparing for the likelihood that they will not have Kyrie Irving this season. Uh, Steve, first of all, where have you been seeing Kyrie get drafted in your fantasy drafts? Has it been kind of an all-over-the-place situation where uh, fantasy managers are taking him in, in a wide range of rounds, or are you kind of seeing him in the same spot?
2: No, it's been later and later and later. Uh, you know, two of my early drafts, you know, Ryan got auto-picked, right. Kyrie Irving. Another draft I did, a guy that wasn't there, didn't, didn't rank his his players beforehand. He got Kyrie in like the third round so a lot of people, if if they're just rolling the dice and rolling with Yahoo or ESPN, they're getting auto drafted Kyrie on their team, and I, I'm not taking him anywhere. Like I, I moved him down in my rankings to like 130 something a while ago, and you know I don't think he's going to play this year. He just seems set on making a statement, a a vaccination statement, and not playing. And I, I mean, I, I'm not drafting him anywhere. If you have him, I don't think you automatically drop him. I think we wait at least a week or two and see if any more information comes out, but that's why you should not have drafted him in the first place. So you wouldn't have to deal with, with making those kind of decisions. But I mean, if you, if you have him and you feel like you want to drop him, I guess you can. I just, he's too good of a player to drop in case he does come back. But like you said, I I don't think he's going to play this year. So when it comes to Kyrie and Ben
1: Simmons, both kind of like unknown, very different situations, but both unknown situations. We don't know when or if these guys will be back with their current teams on the court. I would be so much more inclined to gamble, if you want to call it that, on Kyrie Irving, just because if this guy does rejoin the Nets, and remember, what we have to remember is there's not some you know huge series of barriers here i mean he's very close to it's it's kind of a decision away right i mean they you know they're going to welcome him back if he decides to do what he needs to get back
2: on the court right so are they though i mean i, I mean i've heard rumblings that KD and James Harden are like bye you know okay well yeah if you're going to do this to us then we're going to do this to you like we don't care goodbye we'll do this without you if if, yeah if you're gonna screw up our our championship season
1: not not knowing obviously what's going on between those guys I mean I would just imagine the Nets would figure out a way to reincorporate him if he this situation could turn in a hurry is all I'm saying right so and if it does turn in favor of Kyrie rejoining the Nets I mean this guy is a likely top 10 top he was a top three on averages last year in a nine category setting so it's a much more of a home run scenario where if it works out for you versus Ben Simmons where, oh, great, you you got like a top 90, top 100 guy for all your headaches. With Kyrie Irving, I could live through some headaches if it means a bonus first-round fantasy guy on my roster, you know? So I have not been taking him in drafts, but, and especially if it's like I got to take him ahead of even someone like Mo Bomber or Daniel Gafford, guys I absolutely love around the 100 spot. I still don't know if I can take Kyrie before them, but I think someone stands to potentially benefit some bold fantasy manager who is not afraid to roll the dice. There stands to potentially benefit in a huge way. So I do understand that one, that one I'm much more in favor of in theory than the Ben Simmons
2: one. Yeah. But Kyrie was Kyrie was a headache last year when he was playing and he's always kind of been a fantasy headache. And he's also, he keeps bouncing around from team to team and getting run out of the dodge and, you know, I I don't know, man. I'm really thankful that I do not have him anywhere. And I, you're right. If you got him in the 12th round of your draft and he ends up coming back, getting the shot and playing basketball, you have an absolute steal on your hands. And you're right. It's worth the headaches. But I just I mean, this is Kyrie, man. He's I don't think he's going to do it.
1: Yeah, it's a complete unknown. I, I agree. I mean, I don't know either. Yeah, well, it sounds like you think he's not going to do it. I, 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 just say I don't know. I'm agnostic on the whole situation. <laughs> um. Okay. Are we closing that book?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Shut it. Also from the Athletic, Carl Anthony Towns got quote leaner but stronger in an effort to stay healthy this season. He also said that he has rekindled his love for playing basketball. Now, and on the first half of that is kind of a best shape of his life note. I would say so. You know, we, we don't always take those super seriously but i mean i think that the you know his it gotten his the quotes about getting his love back for playing basketball are interesting because this guy obviously had you know the hardest year you could imagine off the court so i don't know there's there i, I guess i'm just kind of asking you steve what, what do you think of carl anthony towns when it when we spin this to fantasy because he's a guy who's actually going toward the latter half of the first round the second half of the first round isn't there a chance that we look back and we say man of the Towns should have been like the number three overall pick in fantasy drafts. Couldn't could you imagine that pretty quickly us turning to that point?
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know the the, the skill set is there. Like, there's no doubt that this guy has number one fantasy potential. I had a draft the other other night. I had the sixth pick, and he was sitting there, and I took him. Uh, he seems safe. He seems healthy, and I know he burned a lot of people the last couple of years, missing a bunch of games, but. That whole quote about love of the game has returned. I mean, we could see monster Carl Anthony Towns this year. I'm super excited that I got him in that draft. I wish I had it. Wish I had him in more drafts. I think, you know, with all the uncertainty of some of these first round picks like James Harden and, and Kevin Durant, Cat seems like a pretty safe, solid pick anywhere you take him in the first round. So I, I wish I had more.
1: I have a couple drafts coming up tonight on Monday night and I have a my hometown draft where I have the number three pick and Jokic is gonna go first I don't know who's gonna go second but there's a part of me that if it's if Curry's there I kind of want to take him but there's a part of me that's like am I sure I don't want to take Carl Anthony Towns third that's kind of why I'm having this conversation you know what I mean I probably won't do that I would probably take Curry or Harden maybe Giannis if he's there but I'm not sure, Steve. I, I just wonder: are we are we too low on him? Even if it's just by a few spots.
2: There's one name I noticed you did not mention in that list. A certain <laughs> the guy, Dallas Maverick. Yeah,
1: the guy ahead of me is saying he's going to take a Luca second, but I, I have a feeling that's a smoke screen. He's a big Bucks fan. He won the title in this league with Giannis. I can't imagine him passing on Giannis.
2: Oh wow! So you're going to have to choose potentially between Steph Curry, Luka, Cat, James Harden. Mm-hmm. like those are all pretty i mean i think curry's the pick there but you know if it's me i'm probably taking luca uh if it's you i think you're gonna be flipping a coin between steph curry and carl and anthony towns and and harden i mean i feel like cat is gonna have a big year i feel like it's coming yeah how old is he
1: he's oh what 26 25 no, he's not that old, is he? I think he's 25 or 26. I'm going to double check right now. Stand by. Keep talking.
2: However old he is, <laughs> he's going to have a big year. 25. 25,
1: 25 years, 337 days. He turns 26 in a matter of about a month. So.
2: Okay. Well, he's still right in the heart of his prime, Oh, Yeah. So, big time. And he's, he, him and D'Angelo Russell are reunited. And Minnesota looks kind of fun. Anthony Edwards. Um, there's there's a re- report that Jared Vanderbilt might be starting for them. Is that what I saw earlier?
1: Yeah. Yes. We're going to talk about that in a second. In fact, we can talk about that right now because we are talking about the Timberwolves.
2: Uh, yeah, but as far as Cat goes, man, if you got the third pick and he's sitting there, or if you got the sixth pick and he's sitting there, I think I think he's going to have a he has no issues. There's no baggage hanging over Cat's head right now, and I just think he's going to be awesome.
1: So speaking of what you just brought up, the Wolves are reportedly considering potentially both Malik Beasley and Jaden McDaniels off the bench if Jared Vanderbilt starts, Steve. I was kind of on Malik Beasley early on during the start of draft season as a sleeper. I've backed off it a little bit. I still don't think he'd be a horrible pick, especially in a deeper league coming off the bench. Are you worried about Jaden McDaniels, though, with the potential news? It sounds like from what we are reading that the... Power forward spot in Minnesota could be a little bit of a fluid situation in terms of who's starting. What are your thoughts there? Are you worried about Jaden McDaniels at all, really? Or have you been drafting him? I have been drafting him. So I, I do pay attention to this one.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're getting him late enough in drafts that if he doesn't start, I don't know that it's the end of the world. Right. I kind of want him to start and I want him to to kind of break out and go off. But if it doesn't happen, I think he's a guy, you know, we could potentially drop and and grab a hop free agent off the waiver wire if if we need to. But as far as Vanderbilt, I don't think I'm going to be rushing out to pick him up. just Vandy. There was lots of talk last year, like, oh, Vanderbilt's going to start. Let's go get him. And, you know, he was, we talked, we talked about him a lot. We thought something was going to happen and nothing ever really happened. He never really did anything. He was kind of a bust. I still think Jaden McDaniels is a better player. I, I think the cream will rise to the top. Eventually. I don't know if that means he starts, as far as Malik Beasley goes, you know, that guy kind of balled out last year for the first half of the season. He was way better than I think we thought he was going to be. Uh, he was doing a little bit of everything. And then, you know, his suspension hit and now he's just kind of faded away. And with Anthony Edwards now taking on such a big role and D'Angelo Russell being there and cat being ready to go beasley's gonna have a hard time living up to what he did last year so i'm not too excited about having him i probably got him on one one roster i think i'm gonna start him off on the bench yeah but yeah I, i'm a little worried about Jaden mcdaniels but again we got him late enough that if it doesn't work out we move on
1: could timberwolves coach chris finch just make up his mind it was just a few weeks ago that he was saying the name Jaden mcdaniels and scotty pippen in the same sentence <laughs> and uh now he's like, eh, I might start Jared Vanderbilt over him. Like, can we not decide one way or the other? I mean, I still think, all things considered, I would bet on McDaniels, and I'll just keep an eye on Vanderbilt. That's how I'm approaching this one.
2: Yeah, I'm in agreement.
1: And then when Jared Vanderbilt has that first, like, two-steal, five-block game, we'll all run to pick him up off waivers, and then he'll have, like, three bad games in a row. We'll drop him, then will you know, that, that cycle will continue.
2: Yeah, because I don't, I don't, I doubt Jared Vanderbilt improved his game a ton over the summer. Probably the same guy we saw last year.
1: Well, I mean, he could have improved. He's pretty young. I mean, you're saying he just didn't go to the gym?
2: No, I'm not saying that. I just, I mean, I don't think he's going to come back and look like a completely different player. Okay. Which is what he would have to do for me to be excited about him. Okay. Big leap required. I get you.
0: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com Active Cash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
1: All right. A few more items to hit here. One of the few we have left is that Karis Lavert, according to Pacers coach Rick Carlisle, will be re-evaluated October 25th. That's a week from now. He's, of course, dealing with that stress fracture in his back. That rules him out for the Pacers at least first four games. And again, reevaluated obviously just means they're going to look again. That doesn't mean he's suddenly cleared to return the next game. So, with all that said, Steve, are you drafting Lavert still? And am I the only guy who's trying to draft Chris Duarte everywhere? I'm looking for every excuse to draft Chris Duarte, basically.
2: Duarte's NBA ready, man. Like, I think he's going to be a decent player, especially as long as Karis LeVert is out. You know, Woj initially said that even though he had this back injury, he may not miss even miss time. Right. Um, But now he's going to miss at least a week. Then we're going to look at it. Uh, I was all fired up about drafting Karis LeVert, but as soon as that news broke out about his back, uh, I stopped, I stopped and Somebody else has taken him yeah. before I'm ready to. In almost every draft I do, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I wish I didn't take him so early in a couple of the early drafts we did before the the injury was revealed. I'm worried about it, and and you know, Karis Lavert is a guy that's had trouble staying healthy throughout his career, and this season is off to you know just another injury fest for Lavert and. It could linger all year. I don't know. I'm off Levert.
1: Those two things never added up. We talked about this on the podcast when that Woj report came out that he could both had a stress fracture in his back, but could be play at the start of the season. It just didn't make sense. Not being an expert on stress fractures, those two things just didn't equate. So maybe there are people out there who are saying, oh, I've, I've had a stress fracture in my back. It wasn't that bad. It just, it sounds objectively bad. And clearly it's not nothing because he's out at least the first week, probably longer. And we don't know when he'll be back. So with all that said, I'm with you. I think it's, again, it, it becomes another guy who's worth gambling on if he's falling far enough in your draft and you're just like, now now I have nothing to lose if this backfires. I have the, the core of my team assembled and this is just a home run shot here. At that point, I get it.
2: Well, and unlike Ben Simmons and Kyrie, I don't have that feeling that Levert's not going to play this season. Like, I I don't, I'm not even close to that yet. And hopefully by Christmas You know, his back feels good and he's out there doing his thing. And, you know, if you get him in the 10th, 11th round and that's the case, then you you win probably. So I don't think there's as as much risk with Levert as there is with Kyrie and Ben. So I'm not afraid to draft Karis Levert, but he's going earlier than I want to take him.
1: Another risk-reward guy would be Jaron Jackson Jr., who was in the news because, according to, again, Adrian Wojnarowski, he recently signed a four-year, $105 million extension with the Grizzlies. Jaron Jackson Jr., obviously a, a wildly exciting fantasy prospect and real-life NBA prospect, but has never played 60 games, Steve, in his three seasons in the league. He's never averaged so many as six rebounds. You know, Obviously, it's the combo of threes, steals, and blocks that makes him so exciting, Still 22 years old. It hasn't all come together. Where are you on Jaron Jackson Jr. heading into this season? Is this because there is risk here? I think if you draft him, I think it's fair to say, is this a risk you're willing to take? Are you with our colleague Jonas Nader that he's ra- is he rational at this
2: point about it? Maybe he is. Uh, I don't know. Am I rational about Luca? Not really. So I, I think it's safe to say Jonas isn't exactly the most rational person when it comes to Jaron Jackson Jr. because he's got he's got so much uh, invested in him doing well, but I am kind of feeling Jaron Jackson Jr. He's an ultimate risk versus reward player. He has never been able to stay healthy. I think that GM survey, the NBA GM survey, he was ranked as the number one breakout candidate for this season. And uh, I just think that Jaron Jackson Jr. is going early in drafts. He's going third round, fourth round, somewhere in there. So we need him to play. We need him to be healthy. I kind of feel like this is a year it's going to happen. I kind of feel like this is the right year to draft Jaron Jackson Jr.
1: I'm still a little terrified. I have not been finding myself in the right spot to get him. Fourth round, it still just feels, I get it, but I, I just don't know that I'm going to end up with him there. I, I'm still, it's too fresh on my mind. It's too fresh on my mind. I, I'm concerned. I'm concerned, Steve.
2: I don't think I have him on any of my teams. I think he's another one of those guys where. Somebody else is willing to take him before I am. And it, it happens over and over again, because by the time I'm ready to pull the trigger, there's still some super healthy young phenom out there like Anthony Edwards that I that I want to invest in and, and roll with. And so Jaron usually slides to another another fancy manager besides myself. I will
1: say, our friend and former colleague here, Mike Gallagher. We are in the thirty-team league. I saw he drafted Jaron Jackson Jr. there. I think Mike is Mike is a guy who loves upside, but also you know is a little bit risk averse. He you know so when he is willing to take Jaron Jackson Jr. as well, that's another guy whose opinion I respect. And I say, okay, well you know that's another vote in Jaron Jackson Jr.'s favor in addition to Jonas. I get it. I just I haven't been able to do it yet. Maybe tonight in some of these drafts, I will I will land Jaron Jackson Jr. Priority for this
2: evening. Are you in this company company draft with me tonight?
1: Of course, I am, Steve. Okay, yeah,
2: that'll be that'll be good. It'll be interesting to see where we're where we're picking in that.
1: Yes, perhaps I will get jaron Jackson Jr. in that one. Perhaps I will get jaron Jackson Jr. in that one. <laughs> All right, we got uh, a couple more things here to hit. This one is according to David Aldridge of the Athletic. It is still unclear when Rui Hachimura will play. As of Friday, this was what David Aldridge had to write. Hachimura was, quote, still in COVID-19 protocols, needing to get multiple tests over multiple days before being cleared to return to the court. Now, he missed all of training camp and preseason. To me, Hachimura is a guy who is kind of fantasy relevant, but at the same time kind of isn't. I mean, he does he's not a guy who does a lot in fantasy. I think he's a guy, well, if only he got more steals and blocks, or if only he hit more threes. We're always kind of hoping for more from Hachimura when it comes to fantasy. Do you think there's an impact here though Steve? He's not available to start of the season. Like could this be a a chance for Kyle Kuzma to take off to start the season in Washington?
2: It really could be. And I don't know why, but I've been getting kind of excited about Kyle Kuzma lately. Feel like he had a good preseason, he had a good camp. Things seem to be falling his way in Washington and I kind of feel like Kuz might might have a big year. So and it, like Atsumura is not—he's not really a fantasy guy. Like, right? He'll have a big scoring night here and there, and he'll he'll grab some rebounds, but that's about it. So I, I, uh, I am kind of excited about Kyle Kuzma, and I think, you know, if he can get his shot worked out and and start making shots consistently, I think Kuzma could could have an exciting year. And I, I've I've been grabbing him at the end of my drafts.
1: A guy who has to just be dying for an increased role and the wizards do not look like a team that is that deep or very good this year and so i think kuzma is an interesting investment especially toward the end of your drafts when he could you know he has a chance on a team that might not be very good to to be one of the focal pieces potentially
2: absolutely he does and uh yeah i took him i took him last night in in a draft um i think in the 12th or 13th round and Plop him on the bench, see how the first week goes, and and hopefully hopefully he balls out.
1: Another guy, this is the last name I want to talk about, Steve, before we go. Josh Giddy in the final preseason game, I just want to note he had 13 points, nine rebounds, eight assists for the Thunder. SGA was not playing in that game. But I just kind of have a feeling about Giddy, just from what I've read about him and from what I've from what I've watched, that this is going to be potentially one of the steals of fantasy drafts. Uh he may be another guy who We're thinking, oh, you know, the percentages could be an issue, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, we saw it with Lamella Ball and Anthony Edwards, the percentages were not as bad as we thought they'd be. I just think Giddy potentially is going to be an absolute smash value in fantasy drafts. Not to say he won't have some rookie inconsistency or anything like that or any issues in his stat line, but I am excited to draft him wherever I can and see where this thing goes because it's not like you're having to take him early to find out what his real value is in fantasy.
2: Josh Giddy is a guy that I've I put in my queue every draft I do and he I, he's always like like I that's that's kind of what I do I go through the list of players and I I just put guys that I know I want to draft at some point or look at at some point I put I just put everybody I like in my queue like my my guys go in my queue and yeah. Josh Giddey is one of those guys I put in there every time and he generally gets taken like right about the time I'm ready to pull the trigger. And so I don't think I've got him anywhere, but I don't know that he's going to be like a breakout sensation rookie of the year type of player. I don't know that he's going to be a fantasy monster, but I think, I think he's going to be worth having on your team. I think he's going to have some, some fun nights and some fun games. And I, I think he's got a chance to win rookie of the year.
1: Where is that spot in your draft where typically he goes, can you pick, can you remember where it is? Like what number are we talking about?
2: Oh, like 11, 12 round.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at that point you're, you've got nothing to lose. That, that's a guy you can drop if it, if it bombs out or if he's shooting 32% or I'm exaggerating, but if he's killing you in turnovers and field goal percentage a few weeks in, you're like, I can't take this anymore. You can just drop him. But again, a, a guy who can put up that kind of stat line at his age He's extremely young. He was the number six pick in the draft. Yeah. I just think he's got a very fantasy friendly game already. We saw that in his numbers in Australia last year. He he kind of had the you know I think he's around seven rebounds, seven assists over there. Uh, I just think that uh, the upside is high, and it, it, there's a lot of intrigue here. And you're not in no way are you having to like pay up in terms of draft price.
2: Yeah, and I also think you know people are drafting um, Kevin Porter Jr. in like the fifth and sixth round. Well, Giddy Giddy might be just as good as him, and you you can get him in the twelfth. So, that's sort of that's sort of what you know. KPJ is the hot name that everybody's sort of talking about. It seems like, and he's going really early, and he's got the same potential to screw up your shooting percentage and your turnovers as Giddy does, and Giddy comes with zero risk in round twelve. So, uh, if you don't get KPJ, you should get Giddy in the eleventh.
1: All right, that is all the topics I have on my list. Wanna remind you, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. As I said earlier, we have new episodes every day of the week, Monday. Well, every day, every weekday, Monday through Friday, starting right now. Thanks to everyone for listening on the podcast and watching live on YouTube. Steve, thank you to you, sir. I will talk to you soon.
2: We'll see you on Thursday at noon.